The Louisville men's basketball team snapped their seven-game losing streak on Saturday after a win against Clemson. We'll talk about all that and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pins. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports and I also do some PA announcing work for the university. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. I also want to take this time to thank you personally for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. The Louisville Cardinals snapped their seven-game losing streak on Saturday. We'll discuss how a balanced attack led the Cardinals over the Clemson Tigers. We will then transition into previewing the game against North Carolina for tonight. And then finally, we'll discuss the significance of Liz Dixon announcing her return for next season for the women's basketball team on this episode of the show. We're going to start out with the big news. Um, the Louisville, Basket- Louisville men's basketball team snapped their seven-game losing streak to the Clemson Tigers on Saturday. It was the biggest streak, or the biggest skid, I should say, for the team since 1941. So, I mean, obviously a very historical or a very historically bad slump, but ultimately um, the cards were able to get it done through a balanced attack. Um, nothing truly special from this game. The cards didn't necessarily even shoot the ball all that well from behind the arc. Clemson actually shot it better, uh, but 70 to 61, it was kind of, um, you know, back and forth in the second half. Clemson started out, um, I think they started out a, up a couple points, you know, through the very early stages of the second half. And Louisville went down and hit four straight three-pointers. And that um, put Louisville up 40-31, to 31, I believe. And then Clemson came back. And then it was a little back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, Jared West, Noah Locke, um, you know, were able to hit some big shots. So it really kind of comes down to the fact that Louisville clutched up in the second half. And that's something that we had seen early on in the ACC play in January and at certain points in the non-conference slate against um, you know Maryland and so on and so forth. But we really weren't able to kind of put that to the test over the past month and a half or so due to the fact that this team had really been struggling. But it's good to see a victory. Like I mentioned, it was a balanced attack for Louisville. Not really too many big standouts. Um, I believe one, two, three, four, five players scored over seven points. Excuse me. Um, I, I was really impressed with you know Noah Locke off the bench. He was six for twelve from the field, three for eight from deep. Had a uh, game high fifteen points for Louisville. Um, Malik Williams had 12 and 5. Um, Ellis with 11. Then Sydney, or I'm sorry, yeah, Sydney Curry had 7. Jalen Withers had 7. So all across the board, it, it was something that, you know, multiple players kind of stepped up and really um, helped the cards in this one. 
it, it, it's one of those situations to where I was talking to somebody and, um, you know, coming into this game, I felt like this was the last realistically winnable game for Louisville. And um, it, it turned out that it was a winnable game. And I, I think that even if Louisville doesn't win the, you know, any of the next four games, this was such a pivotal victory just to, you know, stop the skid. You know, when it rains, it pours, it seems like everything's going wrong. You know, you see these guys, you know, giving max effort night in, night out. Some games they've gotten close. Others, you know, they've just gotten flat run off the court. Um, but ultimately, you know, getting back in the win column is something that, um, you know, it's, it's huge for program morale. Even if, you know, the tournament is out of reach unless you win the, you know, the conference tournament. You know, even though this season has been definitely a disappointment, it's one of those things where you have to kind of uh, take things with context. You have to realize, look, yes, we know that this season it has not lived up to any of the expectations that this program had for year four under Chris Mack. Um, but when you break down the situation that we are in right now, getting a win against Clemson is something that um, yeah, we celebrate. <sighs> and... I get it. You know, Clemson is below 500. I think they're, what, 12 and 15, 12 and 14, one of the two. Um, it, it's one of those instances where you're just kind of waiting for the season to end, um, but you still want to see the team do good. You still want to see the team win games, even if they're beating a team that's 0-22 right now. You know, at the end of the day, you know, a win is a win. Like I've mentioned all the time in this show, you know, getting a victory is, you know, special in its own right. Looking at what Clemson did, they shot the ball really well from behind the arc. 39% shot the ball, 43% from the field. So it's not like they necessarily had a bad game. Uh, Hunter had 10 points. Um, looking at exactly what they've done, Bohannon had 11. And then Dawes had 18 points. So really kind of a three-headed monster approach. They had um, another player score seven points. <clears throat> Statistically speaking, Louisville out-rebounded Clemson by three. Uh, Turnover-wise, um, only eight turnovers. So we, we've been seeing kind of throughout the eight, the course of ACC play where it's getting masked over a little bit by, you know, not winning ball games. But Louisville has done – a lot better considerably in terms of taking care of the ball, limiting turnovers. And that's, that is an aspect of the game that, you know, in November and December and early January, when, when you pinpointed why Lowell was losing games or you pinpointed why games were closer than they should have been, turnovers were right there. Um, bad perimeter shooting and turning the ball over were the two biggest um takeaways that Louisville needed to work on this season seemingly they are you know getting better I'm, I'm not saying that they've you know completely turned the corner but they're showing a ton of improvement in terms of um, holding on to the ball well I, I loved the effort in in, in the game on Saturday I, I loved to see Malik Williams back out there I loved the to see um, Jalen Withers continue to um, you know try to work through his early season funk and, um, you know, try to get back to the player that he once was, even though he may not get there. I, I love the tenacity that I'm seeing. No lock. It's good to see him shoot efficiently and, and score in double digits. 
L. Ellis, as I mentioned, has a case for really you know making an All ACC team next year, and then obviously Sidney Curry is announcing to come back. We'll talk about Curry's announcement to come back on um, tomorrow's episode of the show. I'll, I want to combine that with um, you know the North Carolina recap and some women's basketball recap from Sunday. So. Um, we'll go ahead and transition into that game against North Carolina. Before we do that, we're going to talk about the title sponsor of the show, Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for, bro- for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your bet sporting for your sports betting needs. And it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Also, I want to take this time to personally thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Mobile podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube now, five days a week, your team, every day. The Louisville Cardinals back on back in action tonight against the North Carolina Tar Heels. The second matchup of the evening with Hubert Davis's team, or second matchup of the season with Hubert Davis's team. If they're playing two games in one day, that that's 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 incredible. Um, but since defeating the Cardinals early on, the team has lost to Duke. They've lost to Pittsburgh and have defeated Clemson, Florida State, and Virginia Tech. Now, in that game, one can say that the Cardinals kind of um, shot the ball better than they usually do. I mean, they were 43% from deep, 15-35 from from the three-point line. L. Ellis had a huge game in that second half to where he brought the Cardinals back within striking distance. And obviously, um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it, the officiating in the last part of that overtime period was absolutely crucial. And hopefully we get a little bit of a different whistle. Unfortunately, this game is in Chapel Hill. So if you're looking for a different whistle, well, just know where you're going into play. No, but but in all seriousness, um, this is a game to where I think that Louisville is probably, you know, still, you know, under I wouldn't really say undermanned, but I think, you know, just, you know, kind of outmatched against North Carolina, especially with their size. One thing that really kind of got to me was the fact that um, even though the rebounds were pretty even, I mean, it was 44 to 41, you know, Armando Baycott, 22 points, um, you know, Caleb Love also, he had five rebounds, Brady Manick with six, all of their starters had at least um, four rebounds. So I just had to make sure that, Okay. Yeah, and this is going to be a game to where w- when you look at what the keys of the game are, what the players to watch for in this one, I- I'm extremely interested to see how the Cardinals are going to, you know, how they're going to guard Armando Baycott differently. Um, anytime you have a player – you know, go off for, you know, almost 20 and 20 against you in a certain game. You have to make certain adjustments to make sure that they, that they don't do that again. So I think Armando Baycott is the player to watch here for North Carolina. He's a player that has really kind of turned the corner this season. He's averaging 
basically 16 and, and 12, w w which is big. But in the past two games, Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh, he's scored less than you know 13 each game. He had he did have 15 rebounds against Virginia Tech in a win, but the team did lose to Pittsburgh. That was a tough loss for them. North Carolina is one of those teams that's kind of battling on the bubble, battling for a tournament um, spot. It's all. It's not necessarily guaranteed at this time, so they have to continue to rack up wins. So there's definitely more to lose here for Carolina than there is the the Cardinals. But Armando Baycott, the player to watch here for North Carolina. I think if you wanted to go down the line, you know Brady Manick is another player that really excelled in the second half against Louisville the first time around. So you have to watch out for him as well. But ultimately, it's the big guy in the middle because I feel like if Louisville can do somewhat of limiting him both on the offensive glass and in the paint, then who knows, even on the road, you know, the Cardinals, despite having to shoot the ball really well the first time around to, to be in the game, I do think that this is a winnable game for the Cardinals. I just don't necessarily know, you know, how big of a possibility that is. For Louisville, like I mentioned, the keys to the game, uh, number one, yeah, perimeter shooting, limiting turnovers, and limiting, you know, paint offense for North Carolina. Um, obviously, perimeter shooting is a big one considering the fact that Carolina is a team that usually, I mean, they're a team that you know, shoots the ball well. Um, Caleb Love didn't necessarily play all that well against the Cardinals the first time around. Yeah, he had 16 points, but <laughs> I don't know why I keep yawning. It's early in the morning, but Caleb did have 16 points, but he had to shoot three for 18 to get there. R.J. Uh, Davis did have 18 points, but he had to shoot six for 15 to get there. North Carolina did not have one point from their bench in that matchup against the Cards, and ultimately this is going to be an instance to where Gonna, you're going to have to hope that Carolina is not shooting the ball well while also, you know, ex executing on your keys to the game. If Louisville is able to shoot the ball well, you know, you have to assume that they're going to be in this game. Um, limiting uh, offense in the paint. We talked about Armando Baycott, Brady Maddock, and, you know, their their size in, in the front court. You do have Malik Williams in this game, so we'll see how Malik is able to affect that, I think, in terms of, you know, switches and ball screens. Uh, Malik is one of the better defenders in the ACC in that regard. So I'm interested to see how different things are uh, with Malik Williams on on the court for Louisville, um, you know, not just Sidney Curry. And now with Jalen Withers playing, you know, consistently better and better, how do, how different are the Cardinals going to going to look tonight down in Chapel Hill? You know, obviously you're going to have to get some good stuff from L. Ellis, Sidney Curry. Uh, the players to watch for for Louisville, I think that there's two of them. I think number one, like like I mentioned, I think L. Ellis is, is on the forefront here. He had a lot of success against North Carolina, arguably his best game of the season, his best game in a Cardinal uniform where he had 25 points. He had to do that on 21 shots. So efficiency wasn't necessarily there, but ultimately he was able to go out and bring the Cardinals within striking distance. So that's the key thing to focus on. I think that if L. Ellis is having a big game, Louisville's in a good position. Another player to focus on here for Louisville, I think Noah Locke is going to play a big uh, role in this one. He just came off a game against Clemson where he scored in double figures, shot 50% from the field. Um, we talked about perimeter shooting being a key for the cards. Well, one key ingredient to that is Noah Locke. I think that if Noah Locke is able to, you know, shoot the ball decently from the um, from behind the arc, 
you know, Wolves looking in a good position. Perimeter shooting, a big one. Um, limiting paint offense. Another one is just limiting the turnovers. In that game against North Carolina a couple weeks ago, Louisville had 12 turnovers. Um, you know, compare that to 10 by North Carolina. And, and that's not necessarily, you know, you know, jumping off the page like egregious uh, 12 turnovers. Um, but ultimately, you know, this is kind of just a, a matter of fact statement, um, you know, a general default, um, you know, statement. Just look, you have to take care of the ball against a team. You know, Caleb Love, a very good on-ball defender, along with Leaky Black. Leaky Black should be in consideration for ACC Defender of the Year. Um, but ultimately, it's one of those things to where Louisville's going to have to put together a very, very, very good performance to take down North Carolina on the road. Of the last four games, however, I think that this is probably the most winnable game, um, maybe outside of Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech is playing very well. Uh, you also have Wake Forest next weekend and then Virginia on senior day. So four tough matchups coming up for Louisville. We will discuss what what all went down um, on tomorrow's episode of the show in terms of you know the game against North Carolina. But for the final segment of the show, I want to switch gears. Um, we were going to talk about Sidney Curry announcing that he's coming back, um, but I want to save that for the first segment on tomorrow's show. Um, I want to give him, you know, the title or not the title sponsor. Obviously, City Curry is not a title sponsor of the show. Um, I want to give him the first segment of the show, and then, um, but we will talk about player um, players coming back. This one for the women's basketball team. Lit. She's back. A huge returner for the team next season. We'll talk about why that is here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Built Bar. Look, it's the time of the year where I usually pretty much give up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not here. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. If you haven't tried the puffs, you're simply missing out. It's uh, one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. It's the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate as are all of the other Built Bars. They're low calorie, high protein. So you're able to replace your candy bars with these. They're better. With the typical candy bar, you're getting about anywhere from two to 300 calories. When you look at Built Bars, they are usually 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So not only do you get the delicious aspect of things, but they're also extremely healthy. Not only do you have all those benefits, but there are a ton of different flavors from mint brownie, coconut almond, cookies and cream, etc. If they think a new, if they think that a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make a t- they make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15%off.com. Final segment of the show, women's basketball team over the past, what, five days or so, ever since Tuesday or Wednesday, has gotten some key reinforcements for next season. Earlier on in the week, Alana Smith Robinson announced that they're coming back for next season on Saturday. I'm sorry, is it Saturday? Friday. One of those, I think it was Friday. Liz Dixon 
announces that she is coming back for the Cardinals next season, leaving the only seniors being Emily Inksler, Chelsea Hall, and Kiana Smith. So this is a huge, this is a huge, um, you know, benefit for the Cards for next season because I feel like Liz Dixon is really just scratching the surface of the player that she can be this season. Five point eight points per game, three point four rebounds per game. But when you look at what she's done in conference play, um, yeah, the past two games she's only scored two points, but scored in double figures against Syracuse, scored in double figures against Clemson, against Wake Forest, against Boston College, etc. So she's been a player that has you know executed her role really well. I'm telling you, I don't know why I'm, why I'm yawning so much. And I'm really not even tired. It's just yawning. But um, ultimately, when you look at what she brings to the table, I think the interior defense is the first thing that steps out because, you know, being able to bring back continuity in the front court. You know, you bring back Liz Dixon and Olivia Cochran. That's a huge benefit for the Cards next year because – you, know, you are losing a lot of it. You're losing Ingsler, you're losing Hall, you're losing Kiana Smith. So you're going to have to rely upon some of these freshmen that are coming in to take, you know, considerable steps forward to be able to, you know, um, you know, impact right away, uh, some more than others, respectively. But another aspect of things is, you know, returning a ton of experience, a, you know, a ton of veteran leaders that are coming back, you know, ladies that have played a ton of for Louisville over the past, you know, three, four, and now maybe even five years. So it's one of those things to where, yeah, I have to yawn. Excuse me. Now I have to sneeze. Now what is? I'm I'm falling apart today. Um, but but some but you, you see what I'm saying. You know, Liz Dixon is a player that although you know the stat sheet, the box score won't necessarily, you know, lead you to believe you think that's a key returnee for this season. Well, yeah, when you look, you know, beyond it, when you watch the games and realize how big of an impact she has on the court, whether or not she's scoring or rebounding or defending, I think that overall, you know, with her with her frame, with her large size, um, you know, in the paint, that's something that, you know, bodes well for Louisville because, you know, they need a rim protector. Olivia Cochran is a little smaller. I think she's 6'2", as opposed to Dixon being 6'5". That's no knock on Liv. I just think that Dixon is is you know more so of a rim protector, and that's big for Louisville to be able to return that. And ultimately, you know, anytime you can have uh, um, a key contributor returning, it's going to be big news. But I think this does you know wonders for the Cardinals' defense. We talked about why you know Alana and Mikasa coming back are are great for the on ball defense in the backcourt. Well, now you bring back Liz Dixon, and although she may not start next season, we may see you know a role kind of like she has this year. Being able to have her in the middle, anchoring down the post defense and stuff like that, and then on offense, I think she's doing extremely well in terms of being a pick and roll big. Um, you know, being able to you know roll off of the off of the um, screens and being able to be able to get the ball at the top of the key and be the ball handler in the um, you know it seems like the the guard on guard screens that we you know seen Jeff Walls use to you know free up his his guards like Haley. Like Kiana Smith, etc. So I think the um, one that another 
aspect of offense, the delayed handoff, the thing that um, you know Liz does extremely well. So overall, it, it's it's great to have her back. It's great to have her, Alana, and Mikasa back. And ultimately, I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's setting up to where you know, even though Louisville may not necessarily be done with their roster for next season, it's going to be another team that has you know, very, very high expectations. So um, we talked about the men's basketball win over Clemson, previewed the game against North Carolina, talked about why Liz Dixon coming back is significant for the women's basketball team. Tomorrow, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about Sidney Cree announcing he's coming back, the um, women's basketball game against Virginia Tech, and also the men's basketball results against North Carolina. Before we get out of here, a couple quick shout-outs. First to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can find that at cardinalsportszone.com. Uh, the most um, the next episode will be dropping tonight, so be sure to um, you know check that out. The women's ba- I'm sorry, um, the women's basketball, um, yeah, the women's basketball podcast, off the walls podcast with Brian Trent. Be sure to check that out at thestateofwolville.com. And finally, the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show, everyone. Have a great day. Go cards, most importantly. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.